So I told him there should be a book of these stories we're generating, but I can't just do a book of stories. I need some illustrations or pictures to go with it, thinking that was the end of it. He spoke right up. He said, I'll do the illustrations. <laughs> My heart sank. I thought, oh, God, now I've got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> be careful what you wish for. Welcome to the Life Story Coach Podcast, where you'll hear interviews, tips, and advice on the craft and business of personal history and life story writing with your host, Amy Woods Butler. Hi guys, welcome to the show. This is where we talk about growing our life story business. Clients come to us because they want to record their stories and their memories to share them with their family and friends and with future generations. And they need our help to write that book or to make that video or audio. Before we jump into today's interview, I wanted to announce the winner of the contest that I've been running. So if you've listened to previous episodes, you might have heard that I was running a contest and the prize was a free copy of Scrivener, which is the writing program that I use and and it's become very much a fundamental part of the way that I create a life story book. So I'm happy to share it with somebody else. And if you want to hear how I use it more specifically in my work. I've done a couple of different episodes. Um, There's episode 31 and 41. One or the other of them is a screencast that really walks you through and shows you on the screen how I use Scrivener. Um, I also interviewed Gwen Hernandez, who is pretty much the goddess of all things Scrivener. She wrote the book in the Dummy series about the writing program. And you can find that on episode 44. So without further ado, I hope that I'm pronouncing this name right, but the winner of the Scrivener Contest is Ranny Boyd Tomlin of Littleton, Colorado. Ranny's company is called Words for Stories, and you can find that at wordsforstories.com. Congratulations, Ranny. I hope that you get a lot of use out of it. And Another announcement, today's episode is with Patricia Hamilton, and we had such a great talk that I decided to split the interview into two parts. So what you're going to be hearing today is part one, and next week you can listen to part two. The reason I did that was because we really, um, our conversation fell into to two different topics. And um, one is Patricia talking about the community history that she has done for her local community in California and how she created that book, how she used volunteers, how she sold a whole bunch of copies. um, And it's really become her life passion, as you'll hear her talk about. That's going to be on today's episode. Next week, we'll hear part two of the interview in which Patricia talks about her publishing company and the services that she offers to people like us who have done the writing on our life story books, but we need to have the book actually produced. So stay tuned for that next week, and I hope you enjoy today's interview. Today, I am happy to welcome Patricia Hamilton onto the show. Patricia specializes in guided autobiography and communal and community books for all needs. She has 35 years experience in story gathering, book design, format, and publication of all genres. Patricia, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Oh, my pleasure, Amy. Thank you for asking me. I'd like to talk about the book that you did for the Pacific Groves Community History. Can you tell us a little bit about that? 
Yes, actually, that's my favorite topic these days, Amy. Thank you for asking. Well, good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As I said, I got in... uh, involved in guided autobiography and writing my own uh, memoirs for my grandchildren. So after I had spent a long time writing about my history, I realized that I hadn't written about my life here in Pacific Grove, which is where they've always been coming. The oldest one is 19 now. He's been coming here his whole life, and his sister, who's 16. These are your grandchildren that you're talking about? Right. Right, okay. you know, they just love this area. Who wouldn't? It's on the ocean and Big Sur's right here, and we have the mountains and Monterey Bay Aquarium. And anyway, so it's a perfect place in the world to be a grandmother. <laughs> but I hadn't written anything about my life here because I just hadn't. So I thought, oh, I have to put that in. Um, and it coincided with uh, during the, I've been giving free guided autobiography. Uh, writing lessons through the local library uh, one a month. And um, I had taken this summer off and was going to start up in September again. And I um, wanted to have a new theme to base the series on. So I decided to write. It would be about writing about life in Pacific Grove now, our our lives today, instead of the past. Mm. Everybody thinks about memoirs, the past, but, you know, what happens today is the past tomorrow. That's a very good point. (laughs) (laughs) So, what the heck? Why wait until you can't remember all the facts? (laughs) Get them straight today. So, there was a little bit of um, confusion over that when I started the class, but... People got into it because they started seeing how wonderful their life was, or not, you know. Um, but while they were writing their stories during the uh, two-hour class, I would write my Pacific Grove story for my memoir. So it was a very selfish thing, but it worked. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, at the end of the second uh, class, there was a fellow in there who was actually a couple of my book clients were in the class as well. His name was Keith and he was an artist and I was telling him and he was helping me set up the chairs and stuff. And I said, you know, Keith, these stories are so good. They should be in a book because it was a huge variety of people in the class, old people and young people and foreign exchange students and, business people and housewives and just everything. And Mm. so we really had a nice overview of life in Pacific Grove. And um, so I told him these belong in, there should be a book these stories we're generating, but I can't just do a book of stories. I need some illustrations or pictures to go with it, thinking, you know, that was the end of it. And he spoke right up. He said, I'll do the illustrations. My heart sank. I thought, oh, God, now I've got to do it. (laughs) Be careful what you wish for. (laughs) There was no way out. I knew I had to do it. So um, I announced it at the next class and put it in the paper, and the friends of the library put it out. And we so everybody wanted to know more about the book I was going to produce. So I thought, well, it's got to be a, a... substantial book. It's about a whole town. So 
there's 444 pages to an inch on a spine of a book, generally. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, it's going to be 444 pages, 8 by 10. Well, it turned out to be 494 pages, 8.5 by 11. I that's spent, a good-sized book. <laughs> yeah, that's what it turned out. People would say to me, well, I hope you, good luck with that. And I said, well... I'm doing it. Luck's not involved. <laughs> right. A lot of hard <laughs> work. So I printed, yeah, I, I just knew what I had to do. And uh, I printed up, I think, three different bookmarks to hand out as I would refine them um, to get enough info on there. Questions people would ask me, you know, when's the due date and what's the length and uh, what am I writing about and um, of course, I was donating a portion of the proceeds to the library, which was a key point in t- asking people for a story. They might have been hesitant until I said, well, you know, the proceeds are going to the library. Oh, oh I love the library. Of course, I'll do it. Oh, interesting. Okay, so, wait, wait. So I'm, I'm, I have a quick question for you. You said you printed up bookmarks, and the bookmarks were actually um, a, a prompt on what kind of story the people um, – to help guide people in writing their story? Is that what you mean? Yes, I was actually Great walking, idea. standing on the streets and uh, handing them out and accosting um, everyone that walked by. <laughs> You're kidding, Patricia. That is, that's fantastic. I, was getting, I mean, that was going to be my question. How did you find people? I thought you did workshops at the libraries. You're literally standing on the street and handing out bookmarks. Well, I did that, and I did do workshops at oh. the uh, senior centers in town, and I did workshops for the library, and I gave talks to the Rotary Club and talks to um, several other clubs, uh, Heritage Society of Pacific Grove, and uh, so I was all over the place giving talks. Okay, and, uh, and and the people that were submitting their stories... Um, were they, was there an average length or was there guidelines on how long their story needed to be? And then, and then were the stories, these were having to do with present life in Pacific Groves or these were memories of living there? Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, I wanted it to be present day, but no matter how many times I said it to people, it was almost fell on deaf ears. I, they would say back, oh, my uncle, he's lived here forever. I'll, you need to get his story. <laughs> I said, no, I want, I'll get his story. But I want your story, too. What are you doing today? Who are you? Oh, I'm nobody. I says, everybody's important in my eyes. Equal, equal. I took some flack when the book came out. They, a couple of elite academics why did you put that story in? I said, you know, it's a community of people. There's everybody here. We're not just all writers. <laughs> mm, I love that. Yeah, democratic approach. I like that. Yeah, yeah. So I also printed up, I made up a questionnaire, and I I had a lot of friends in, uh, helping me with this. It wasn't just me. Um, several volunteers. There are seven, how many business? No, not 700. I think 100 businesses in town. And um, volunteers took this questionnaire to every business and talked with them. And uh, we didn't have time to stay and fill it out. And, of course, we might have interrupted the flow of business, so we wouldn't do that. But 
Uh, so we had a business section in the book, not not an ad, not an advertisement, but something about the owner and you know their personal story. Mm-hmm. And then we got people to write about uh, interactions of merchants in town that they loved, and you know it just uh, really came together into a nice book. And we had a great launch just one year later, October. 2017 took me one year to get it even from inception to the launch date and that is fast i'm 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 surprised (laughs) i'm impressed so the the submission how many submissions did you end up having about 400 wow and were they edited oh i'm sorry go ahead the work did it starts out with the history of pacific grove um i'm I'm um, friends with a fellow called Randy Reinstead who lives here, and uh, he wrote two, published two books a long time ago and gave me permission to reprint the history of Pacific Grove from his books in my book, Mm. because his books were made before the internet. They were not on the internet. Um, He had done them for, uh, he was a teacher and had done them for his school class. So the book starts out with the history of Pacific Grove. And since I was supposed to be doing my own memoir, my I put a two-page spread of my lineage here, which starts in 1890 from my great-great-grandfather, who was a Methodist minister. And this was founded as a Methodist town. So he was one of the first ministers here. So that is in there for my grandkids. Mm-hmm. I got them into a few of the people pictures and I had each one of them write a story and so it, I haven't done my own memoir separately but it, this one counts I think <laughs> I'd say so <laughs> and then when you were so you have 400 or 400 plus um, contributors to it did um, was there any editing done after people would turn in yes. their stories and then were those yes, was I that paid. by volunteers or by you or how did that work um, no I paid to have that done by my the ones I hire for my book business. Oh. So it was professionally edited for the book. Of course, I wouldn't put out one without that. And the book, is it structured um, by theme or is it um, by time period? Or, or how, how did you decide on that and what does it look like? Yeah, well, how I always decide on what uh, the table of contents will look like is sort of, I use the analogy of... Um, if you want to bake a cake, but you don't know what in, what you've got, you just pull out all the ingredients and it'll tell you what kind of a cake you're going to bake. So I just looked at all the stories. I had been categorizing them into folders of, you know, the ocean side, the bay, events, family, moving here, different categories. And so they dictated to me what the... Um, what the table of contents would be, where they would be in the book. I think I even had one on ghost stories because there was quite a few oh, fantasy great. things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And it makes sense. I mean, you're, instead of trying to fit it into a certain mold, you're letting it organically develop and then you're going and seeing what the book wants to be, right? Um, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So I'm very curious that, so you're, you were footing the cost of, 
um, well, apparently a lot of your time to go and have all of these talks and you're printing things like the the bookmarks and then you're paying to have the the submissions edited and then the cost of, I assume that you picked up the cost of the printing and the binding. Was Were you working off of a grant? Did you have contributions? Was this all of your money up front and then you were selling the book? How did that all work? Well, it was all my money up front, but I got it all back on book launch day because, and here's the secret <laughs> to the type of community book I did, which I wasn't even thinking about because I was just committed to doing it. Um, people bought, the people in the book bought the book, mm. not only for themselves, but they were buying them like six, eight, ten at a time for their relatives. So I sold out, I think, 500 books on that, on the first the book launch day it was it was kind of um, one of one of the published authors who lives here she said i've never seen anything like that at a book sale <laughs> i had a whole row of volunteers at, with at the tables to take the money and signed up for one of those little square credit card things and right. yeah um, luckily i had two endorsements one from a state senator and one from the mayor of the town and they showed up to um, in the, the town hall where the launch was and gave a speech and my family came and it was all very Oh, Patricia, very that wonderful. sounds fantastic. That sounds it, really it good. Really, yeah. Well, and, and I mean, I'm sure it must have been personally incredibly fulfilling, but what a gift to the community, too. Um, you know, if people don't realize what a thrill it is to see your name in print, to see the words that you wrote, and especially, you know, for something like this, where it's where they're personal stories, the personal narratives, it is such a it's such a gift to be able to give people that voice and that, that opportunity to have that go down in print. Because I'm sure, um, you know, the as much as I love doing life stories for people, it's um, it's an expensive and lengthy process. So not everybody mm-hmm. can do that. But you gave you gave people the opportunity. You know, you gave to to countless you know scores of people that opportunity. So I'm I'm really impressed with that. Um, can I ask what the what the list price is on the book? Um, I think it's gosh twenty four ninety five. Well, that's pretty darn reasonable for a for a book that yeah. size. Yeah, I I came yeah. across a book. Um, I I work in Kansas City, Missouri. Um, I'm right on the state line, basically between Missouri and Kansas. And I came across one of my clients showed me a book. He had grown up in a really small Kansas town and farming community. And I I can't remember the name of the publisher, but it's some publisher that does. Um, community. It sounds a little bit like yours, um, but probably a little bit more commerce-driven, um, where they go to these really small farming communities and they gather stories um, from the older residents that have lived there for a long right. time, and they produce really big, like really big books, um, and they sell them. I think they sell them Great. for for thirty-five or forty dollars. The I. I, I shouldn't, I, I can't remember the name of the, the company that does it. It did not look like they did much, if any, editing. So I wasn't very pleased to see that. <laughs> but like you said, the the people who are contributing, 
um, you know, who are submitting stories, they're they're going to want to buy these books um, because mm-hmm. why would yeah. they not? Yeah. So so good for you. Mm-hmm. Now, do you have any um, any plans to do any kind of follow up or um, volume two or anything like that? Well, I already did a volume two. Oh boy! <laughs> this one. I- <laughs> <laughs> it came out October last year. I'll, I know where our time's almost up, so I'll tell you quickly what's transpired since Volume 1. Um, volume 2, um, people that didn't submit to the first one, of course, were instantly sorry. They had no idea. Mm-hmm. Nobody could know. So I committed at the launch to do a second one. And then I immediately regretted that. <laughs> I'm not going to get out there and and push like I did last time. I'm not doing that again. So I had identified a lot of local good writers during the first book process. So I just um, contacted them and uh, commissioned them to write um, 5,000-word essays about something, a particular uh, story about Pacific Grove. Uh, that would be of interest to a lot of people. Like one fellow did all the churches. There, I have mm. pictures of the, there's like 80 churches, and he did not that many, 30, 50, I don't know. Wow. He had, be, you know, pictures of when they first started in the current day church and the minister. And uh, anyway, another one did about, uh, we have a Museum of Natural History here. And so it's just a whole lot of in-depth stories about Pacific Grove. And the subtitle on that one was Deeper Connections. Mm. So that, and then I got a local photographer to take uh, color pictures. Actually, he donated them. I paid the writers, he donated the color. So I came out in color, but there were a few, um, fewer people involved to buy the book. So this whole thing, Amy, has actually mushroomed into. I have to say my life's purpose, because oh. in reviewing, I, my intention always was, when I started the first book, to do it on a national basis as my response to the federal election in 2016. Mm-hmm. You know, the power of story to bring people together. I don't march, I don't sign a few petitions, but I wanted to do something. So I've got the URL, Stories of America. And I'm doing a how-to book now for other communities to do it in their town. But in reviewing that process, I came across 16 books like this, not like this, of gathering stories that I have done since junior, I was a junior in high school in journalism class. So I'm going to have a how-to book to do for all types of groups and uh, travels. And I mean, I've got 16 different types of story gathering books I've done that are going to be in this amazing how-to book, Mm. which I'm also going to be weaving my memoir into because each each time I did one of those books was a high point in my life. For instance, when I got my AA, my friend was giving a party and I said, asked who was coming, and she gave me the list, and I made up a questionnaire for their, it was called Mind, Body, and Spirit, so it had questions about those three things. And I made up a little book and printed it out, and then on the day of the party, it was already bound, 
but I had a Polaroid, so we took a group color picture, and I pasted it in each book, and then that was a favor I gave to everyone. Mm. So so these 16 the, books, they're mm. all compilations of things that yes. you've done. Yes. Oh, I, I love that idea. It's so creative, and what a way to kind of gather different types of communities together. Um, yeah. Yeah, different types of groups. I had no idea that I had been doing it my whole life. <laughs> it, was, it was a theme, and I didn't even recognize that. So now that I have, it's just, I don't know, I have to own that. And it's talking to you as part of that, making it real to me that uh, what I've done and what I can, what a really um, meaty how-to book I can prepare Right. to bring our country together. I'm just so thrilled, you know, with the power of story. is so amazing. I agree. And I can't wait to see this book when it's finished. This, this how-to <laughs> slash memoir book, I, it's, it sounds wonderful. And it sounds like it could be a good resource for people who want to do um, who want to work in this field, but um, you know, there's, there's, that's what I've learned when it, through doing this podcast and talking to fellow life story professionals. You know, there's just so many ways of doing it, of gathering personal stories, um, people's yeah. life stories, and there's, there's so mm-hmm. many ways of doing it, and it, it just makes it so much fun to hear about. Um, well, we're we are pretty much out of time, but um, I wanted to give you the chance to let people know where they can find you. So if they want want to hear more about, you know, if they want to learn when you have this how-to book or the book that you did for your community, or especially if they want to talk to you about your services for producing books. Yes. Um, email is the best because I, with all the telemarketers, I don't answer long distance calls that I don't know from (laughs) (laughs) unless people leave a message. They can, of course, call my phone number 831-649- Six six four zero, and I will return a message um, of that sort. Um, and uh, the, both my uh, community books, Life in Pacific Grove, book one and book two, are on Amazon, mm-hmm. um, and they can look inside there. Or I'd be happy to send anybody a copy of uh, Table of Contents. Mm. That would be interesting. You know what? If you want to send me the table of contents, I can put it in the show notes for today's episode, just so people can kind of have a, oh, yeah. um, a you know, an idea of what the contents are yeah. in this kind of book. That would be yeah. really nice. Yeah. Well, how about if I send a copy of both covers and table of contents in both of the community books? Sounds great. Yeah. And okay, then you have a great. website too, or I know you have multiples, but what would be your main website if somebody wants to look you up? Well, the best one right now would be lifeinpacificgrove.com. Okay, very good. Um, yeah, I'm uh, my Park Place Publications one has kind of fallen uh, into uh, cobwebs because oh. I'm so enamored of this new project. <laughs> Great. <laughs> well, I can see why. Well, Patricia, this has been a delight, and you've, you've given me some fun ideas, too. So um, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to, to me today. My pleasure, Amy. Thank you so much. And that does it for our interview with Patricia Hamilton of Park Place Publications. If you'd like to see links to everything that we talked about today, head over to thelifestorycoach.com. And lastly, thanks to all of you who joined the directory. We now have a listing of life story professionals from three continents, four countries, and 25 of the United States.
If you still want to join the directory, if you work in the field, whether part-time, full-time, volunteer, send an email to amy at thelifestorycoach.com and I'll make sure to get you the form. Thanks for listening to today's show. Until next time, go out and save someone's story.